I was around 19 or 20 when this occurred. I was living in a small apartment with my best friend, Mason, at the time. The front door was about 2-4 to four feet from his bedroom door, while mine was down the hallway toward the back of the apartment. One morning at around 3am, I woke to some heavy knocking on our front door. My dog instinctively reacted and began barking. At first, I ignored it, thinking that it was an estranged family member of mine I wanted nothing to do with. That's a story for another time. I also knew that I shouldn't open the door to anyone this late, as we were on the first floor of our apartment building. The knocking continued, so I grabbed a knife and walked to the door. I looked through the peephole to see a girl in her late teens on the other side. She was dressed nicely, like she had been to a club or bar hopping. We were about five miles from the University of Central Florida, so it wasn't uncommon for college kids to be out and about. With much trepidation, I opened the door and I asked the girl what she wanted. She explained that she came here with a guy who started acting very strange and she needed help. I was about to ask if she wanted me to call the police when we both heard a door open and slam shut on the level above us, followed by someone barreling down the staircase near my front door. We both looked to the stairs at the end of the hallway, listening to the booming footsteps descending. The girl panicked and pushed past me into my apartment. I then quickly locked my door. I brought her into our living room. I was now flustered that I had been thrusted into this situation against my will. But whatever. I guess if things were reversed, I'd want someone to help me out too. And I felt better after hitting my bong. Thankfully, no one came to the door. The girl was still very upset and asked me through tears if I would walk her back to her car. I said sure, and I would bring my dog, Caddy, along with me, who is a pitbull rottweiler mix who would bite someone's ass cheek off if they tried anything. I leashed my dog and we walked to the parking lot, which was not too far away from my building. I watched the girl get into her car and she thanked me before closing the door and driving away. The next morning I asked Mason if he had heard all the commotion. I didn't hear anything at all, dude. I slept soundly through the night. When I told him what happened, he didn't believe me at first and even teased me. You're so full of shit. You probably dreamed up that scenario from all those bong hits. I started second guessing the whole thing. But deep down, I know that it happened. The stuff I smoke is good, but it's not that good. I still have no idea what the guy on the second level looked like or what his intentions with that girl were. But I like to think that I saved that girl from being assaulted, or worse. My name is Riley. I'm 17 now but this story happened when I was nine. I was on a camping trip with my sister, Lynn, who was 10, and my cousin, Joanne, who was also nine. My grandparents were camping enthusiasts, so they wanted to take all of us on our first camping trip. I had very bad separation anxiety from my mom when I was growing up, and this was my first time going somewhere without her, so I wasn't too happy about the whole thing. 
Luckily, we were only going to be gone for three days. The site had about 150 lots to set up camp. The day we got there, there were about 15 of the lots taken. We went there two weeks after school started, so it wasn't that busy. The first night we got to the campground, Lynn, Joanne, and I went on a walk around the entire campsite while our grandparents set up the trailer. On our walk, we saw a white kitten sitting on the gravel, just looking up at us. We all tried to pet it, but it ran off down a side trail that we hadn't noticed. We followed it, and it brought us to a small abandoned playground behind the trees. It looked like something out of Silent Hill. There was a tall metal slide, four swings, a jungle gym, and two of those pig and horse seesaws. We didn't want to miss out on dinner, so we noted the playground's location and returned to the camper. The next day we went to the lake and swam until around 5 p.m. After we ate dinner, we were all sitting outside of the camper, just chilling, when Lynn popped up in her seat and said, Hey, let's go check out that playground we saw yesterday. Joanne and I thought it was a good idea. It was the perfect temperature out that night. Not too hot, but not too cold. We got on our shoes and made our way to the old playground. It took us about five minutes to get halfway there, since this campground had long trails, and we weren't really in a big hurry. We all suddenly stopped. That same white kitten was sitting on the path. We all got real quiet to not scare it off, and then we heard a twig snap behind us. We all looked back to see a girl who was around our age. She had on a short white dress and had curly brown hair. We didn't feel like hanging out with someone that we didn't know, so we just kept walking without saying anything to her. I would look back every few minutes to see her following us, but I thought that she might be heading back to the campsite. We ended up making it to the playground and hung out there for about an hour. We were on the swing sets, and there was a six-foot fence on the back side of the playground with a lake on the other side. We were all enjoying the view of the water and sunset when we heard another twig breaking somewhere off in the forest. We all stopped swinging, trying to see if there was anyone nearby. I ended up looking towards the slide and seeing that same girl from earlier hiding under it. I was startled. I told Lynn and Joanne that we should start heading back to the camper since it was getting dark. They agreed. I didn't mention the girl hiding under the slide. Once we walked down the trail and were heading back towards the campers, I looked back one last time to see that same girl standing at the edge of the forest, watching us. Once we got back to our camper, we didn't see anyone around the campsite. It was practically a ghost town. Once inside, we noticed that our grandparents were nowhere to be found. We peeked out of the windows, and we realized that everything was quiet. There was no chatter from the other campers. There were no dogs barking, no kids running around, no music playing. Everything was just silent. This was unsettling. Because of our young age, none of us had cell phones to call for help. We all just sat in our beds, not saying anything. We were supposed to leave early the next morning, so we decided to call it a night. 
hoping that our grandparents would show up at some point. When we all woke up, Lynn stepped outside to see if anyone was there. But just like the day before, there wasn't a soul in sight. She came back inside and we locked the door. And we all started crying, hoping that this nightmare would just come to an end. We went on the whole day without leaving the trailer, and we eventually went back to bed. I woke up some time later to hear a bunch of police sirens and people talking outside. I got up to see what it was, and I immediately saw my mom getting out of her car, surrounded by at least eight police cars. She instantly ran right up to me and hugged me. We were all confused about what was happening, and everyone just told us that our grandparents had gotten lost. But a few years later, when I got older, I discovered the truth about what happened. My grandparents and the 15 other families on that camping site disappeared without a trace. No one knows what happened to them. The police were notified by multiple other family members when they didn't hear from their relatives at the campsite. I'm still not sure why nothing happened to us that day. Whatever caused those people and my grandparents to disappear must have occurred while we were at the playground. Deep down, I believe that little girl we saw was a guardian angel protecting us. That campsite's reputation never recovered from this incident, and it ended up shutting down shortly after. The mystery of the vanishing campers has never been solved. Two weeks ago, I wanted to take a walk around town after I got off work. I had about an hour of sunlight left, and I wanted to be home to do some housework before it got dark. It was about at the midway point that I saw someone following me. It was a man wearing work gloves, sunglasses, and a ball cap. It didn't really concern me at first, because sometimes I see other people during my walks, even around this time. However, it was still quite warm out, and I thought it was strange that he was wearing so much. During my walks, I sometimes like taking photos of the sky or interesting tree formations, the scenic kind of stuff. After I was done snapping a photo of the evening sky, I noticed that the man had also stopped and was watching me as I took the picture. I tried to be positive and thought that perhaps he was also looking at something, I continued on, but I deliberately slowed down, and he did the same. I felt my heart begin to beat faster, but I didn't want to panic. The town I live in is quite rural, surrounded by forest on all sides, plenty of space to hide a body. On the other hand, this was the kind of place where people left their bikes unlocked and their front doors open. It was refreshing for me when I first moved here. Although, since I arrived, things have changed. I've noticed new faces showing up, like the man following me that night, and it seems that the more populated this place became, the more crime took place. What once felt like a sanctuary was now quite uncomfortable for me, and even before what happened that night, I had already made the decision to move out at the end of the month. I quickly made my way through a cluster of trees and onto another street, and saw a few people out and about, so I felt safer. 
I looked behind me and saw the man walking through the trees. Seeing him frightened me, but I needed to keep my composure and ask someone for assistance. He continued to tail me as I went down a couple of side streets. I eventually stopped at a community pond. Soon my pursuer emerged. There was no mistaking it now. He didn't just happen to be walking down the same streets I was, and I was just being paranoid. He was targeting me. I was on the other side of the pond when he approached. He never took his eyes off of me as he took a seat on a park bench that was next to the pond. I was barely holding it together. I left the pond, making sure I took another path to avoid the man, and soon I found myself outside of one of the only restaurants in town. During all the commotion, I forgot that this place was near the pond. I saw two women walking their dogs, and I went to them and asked them for help. As I explained everything to them, the man came around the corner. When he spotted me, he came strolling towards me while I stayed behind the two women. One of them spoke directly to him. Hey, are you bothering this woman? You better leave her alone, weirdo. Thankfully, the man simply walked past us and disappeared down the street. Afterward, I accompanied the two women as they walked their dogs. It turns out that they were passing by my place anyways. I never saw that man again, and I avoided going for walks around town after work for the remainder of my time there. There's no telling what would have happened to me if I hadn't been vigilant that night. What did he want from me? What did he plan on doing? These are frightening thoughts. I'm considering taking self-defense courses in case something like this happens again. There's always a reason to be afraid. <laughs>